What is going on, Rochester? You just heard Hoops by the Pickle Mafia featuring Mike Ganser. Uh, you hear the drummer on the track, Marco Serigliano, the Italian drummer. He is my guest on the show today, and he is a killer drummer with a lot of passion and love for what he does, a lot of grind, and uh, practices all the time and plays with so many different local bands. Had a ton of fun on this episode, and before we get started, I want to tell you guys uh, something new here. I am actually bringing a fee to the podcast. As you know, the podcast has always been free. iTunes, SoundCloud, RochesterGroovecast.com. Um, it's been operating, and it's free, and it still is free, and I plan to keep it free indefinitely. You know, I'm taking money out of my pocket for this podcast because I love and support Rochester music, creatives, artistry, everything Rochester. I support the region. I support the community. And that's why I want to enlist a fee. And this fee is simple. If you gain any value from this podcast, if you really enjoy it, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, share it on Facebook. The best thing you could do is direct message someone and say, I'd, I enjoyed this podcast because of this. Please check it out. And that's the least you can do. That's my fee. Welcome, everyone, to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music, interviews, and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am excited and humbled to have Marco, the Italian drummer, Serigliano on the show. How are we doing today, Marco? What's going on, man? Man, just got a little bit of practicing done today. I filmed a video, some some progressive thing I did. I came up with this pattern. Here we go to the drums already, real quick. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> came up with this pattern that is like in seven, and it goes like, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And so, off of that pattern, I came up with like this bass line. That, steady with that and then modulations over top of it and i came up with a guitar melody that harmonizes in itself and i pretty much made a track to practice to and then i filmed a nice video to it today um i i finalized learning um was it someone you love by lewis capaldi on the piano because i've been focusing on keys a little bit recently too and yeah and then i just studied a little bit of um jazz stanley clark and um Hiromi on the keys was featured. Ronald Brunner on the drums was one of my influences. Mm -hmm. Um, yep, and yeah, just, <laughs> that was my day so far today. Keeping very busy, man. So, so you recorded all the instruments in that new track in seven. Yeah, so it's I used GarageBand on my phone. I used it real quick. I came up with like a bass line, which was like ba 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 
ba ba ba ba ba ba wow some shakers did like ba 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 and i would i would loop that and then practice to that and i started coming up with modulation ideas and permutations and i was like you know what let me just make this a nice little track and i'll make a post for instagram youtube facebook and now I finally purchased a set of mics and everything, so I got microphones. I'm about to hook up to my drums, and we're gonna get some nice quality content coming out. So I'm extremely excited about that. Dude, it's exciting to see you doing so many cool things and and keeping more than just busy, you know, with your love of music. Um, I, yeah. I like to name drop, you know the best places to reach out at the end of the show, but people are probably interested now to check that out and hear some of these new things you've been doing. So where do people follow you? Uh, most of my, most of my cult takes place on Instagram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now my followers, um, I, I've built my Instagram presence up. Uh, I've spent a lot of time and a lot of videos, a lot of hard work building up my following on Instagram. And like, it's like a family and, yeah, so that's my main platform, and then I also have a Facebook, which I which I, and a YouTube. YouTube is my secondary, and then Facebook is my thirdary. But Instagram at Marcos Migliano is my full name, or just type in the Italian drummer, I'll pop up. Um, and the YouTube is the Italian drummer, so that's where I am. I'll give out like free lessons all the time, and mm. just post videos of me playing, give updates and shit, you know. No, good stuff. I, I want to talk a little bit about Instagram in a moment because I know you've, you know, built a following there and, you know, gotten gigs and a lot of collaborations through Instagram. But before we get into that, just for anybody who doesn't already know Marco, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your role in the Rochester music scene. And, you know, I know personally, I've seen you play with more bands than I can count. It would probably take two hands. <laughs> Um, what what are the current projects that you're drumming for? Um, the current projects I'm drumming for, uh, the three main focuses right now are um, the sideways. We just dropped a live stream from Photo City the other night. Um, that was cool. It was like an hour long performance. It's on Facebook. Um, then Pickle Mafia, which is a jazz trio with Charlie and Ben, Charlie Linder, Ben Schilbert. And then Aku, which is uh, the progressive group I'm in. And I'm super excited because we have a lot of content that's unreleased. And that's uh, Sage, Xavier, Genevieve on the guitar, Birdman, Ian Fate on the bass, and Danny Murphy on the keys. And we, we low-key recorded a whole album. And I don't know if we said that anywhere yet, but we got like 10 songs unreleased. Like, we've released the first track, Gummy Worms, and we'll play that at the end. Um, and I'm excited about that one. But we have like... I think, I don't know how many other tracks, like seven, eight, nine. We have a lot of unreleased content, and I really love the sound of the band, and I'm excited for the future with, with Aku, too. And Pickle Mafia, we have, a, like, two records coming out within the next half a year. So, <laughs> a lot of content. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I was talking, talking to Charlie Linder um, a few episodes ago. He was talking about how you guys have so much new music in the works following that video series, like a video a week for a couple months, which was pretty cool. I forget yeah. how long it was. It was a hell of a long time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, in, in the start of the podcast, we played Hoops by Pickle Mafia. 
was featuring Mike Ganser of Aqueous from Buffalo. Great band, great jam. And um, stick around because at the end of the podcast, we'll play Gummy Worms by Aku. And you guys just dropped that single recently, right? That's brand new. Yeah, that's brand new. That was like a week ago, not even. And we finally released the single on Spotify and all streaming services. And then the video on YouTube, which I love the video. Clayton Quails filmed that and he murdered it, bro. <laughs> murdered it. It looks so nice. I was like, dude, he like did glitch effects. It's just eight minutes of magnificence, man. It was so good. That's hard. I mean, I don't want to get on a tangent, but the, a, a seven, eight minute song that's hard to do video work for. So I'm definitely, uh, I'm excited to check that out. But Instagram, uh, from my understanding, that's where most of your following comes from. Any, you know, feedback in the whole process of building an Instagram following? Obviously, you're posting content all the time, but, you know, how did you build a, how large is your following on Instagram? I know it's, you know, numbers, or just numbers, you know, there's girls that post booty pictures and have 5 million followers, <laughs> but you're a talented, yeah. you're a talented drummer. You're doing it the raw musician way. Tell me how you built that yeah. following on Instagram. Cool. Cool. So, um, easy, the easy answer is that Instagram has changed over the time and my process from the beginning I had to keep changing my process in order to like reach more people because you can't stick to the same process. Cause when it changes, you're going to veer off like out into the abyss while everybody else is going this way. You know what I'm saying? You have to stay with, you have to adapt to the changes at the beginning. It was just my personal Instagram. I kept all my old posts on there. You could go look it's me as a, like a teenager in high school, like skating and doing, doing, doing little, doing little high schooler shit. Um, and then right at the end of high school, I started posting drum videos. And then in college, I started doing covers and tagging artists, getting the artist's attention. And then I started learning about hashtags and doing some research. And I grew from a thousand at the end of my first year of college to about five, six thousand by the end of my second year. And then um, I did a giveaway at five thousand, just gave away free products to three people, paid for the shipping and everything, just like free of charge, like. It was a contest. Wow. I think you just repost it. So through them reposting it and sharing it on their pages, people were going to like the rules where you had to follow me and you had to uh, like the post and comment on the post tag friends. That's like a, dude, that's like an AR 15 of just like spreading yourself, you know? Yeah. So through that first giveaway, I got, I gave three people a lot of free products, which I feel great about doing that. And, um, and on top of that, I gained like, I think halfway to 10,000. So now it was like, I was at like seven, 8,000. I was like, all right, I'm going to work it. I'm going to build it up. And I, I think that's right when I went on a tour with Sir the Baptist opening for Nelly that was out in the UK. So I attacked Europe a little bit. People started finding out about me there. And um, so I grew up to about almost 10 K got back home from that tour in the UK about January of 2018, 2019, 2018. Um, and then I did another giveaway. And this time, one person was going to win a lot of shit. Like, so <laughs> I was like, I, I posted a free drumless track. And I said, whoever drums to this the best, you get all of this. So now people are tagging me saying Marco's drumless track. And like, they're going to my page. Through that, I gave him his whole product. That was so expensive, bro. It was like a hundred something dollars to ship the, the free product. So um, he lives in another country. So it was just insane. 
But it's done. The deed was done. It was worth it. I felt good. Um, and then now I'm at 10,000 and, or I was at 10,000. Kept building it up. Now through just solid hashtagging madness, finding out what's trending and, you know, um, figuring out what's, what's good, like getting my 30 hashtags together and my ads. And now drum pages are just authentically reposting my content. Mm -hmm. And when a drum page big enough fault, uh, repost you, you get like a few hundred new followers. If a small drum page, it's like, well, maybe 50. And then you're like, okay, work it up to like, however much I am now. And so, yeah, now I'm at about 16,000, 16 and a half. Um, and yeah, I'm just doing the same, same thing. I'm just hashtagging like mad. And now I'm starting to create content specifically for Instagram. I'm seeing what succeeds most there is content that's like exclusively for Instagram. It's like, I made this one minute, really nice video just for Instagram and Instagram likes that. They'll put you on the feed so that other people can randomly find you if they like similar things like drums, music, uh, the same bands that you play, like, um, et cetera. And that's pretty much how I grew my following on Instagram um, over time. It's been like a very, and, and now it's like a responsibility almost. Like not that I have a ton of followers, but with the people that I have as followers, it's like I got to be careful. I, I posted something today speaking out about the issue that's happening right now. One of my followers immediately reaches out to me and he's like, man, I look up to you. I admire your drumming. I look up to you as, you know, a human being. And he's like, the stuff that you're doing, um, the stuff that you're doing, you got to be careful because, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just expressing my heart and how I genuinely feel. And if you can't rock with me and you don't like that, then I don't know what to tell you, but if you can appreciate me being genuine and you'd be like, okay, he's, I don't agree with him, but he's being genuine. Then I fuck with you. If you can rock with me while I have my opinions and you have yours, I rock with you. Mm. And, yeah, so that's the long and short about growing followers and what comes with the more followers you get. You've got a you've got a lot of great things you just said there that I I want to dissect a few of them and get a little deeper to start. You know, simple and easy. When you're doing these giveaways, are you um, are you sponsored by anybody, or is this just like drum product and things that you love? So. The giveaways, the product that I gave away, it's like half of it is stuff that I want in drum competitions, either in person or on Instagram that was sent to me by companies. And the other half is stuff that I just straight purchased, mm -hmm. either for the giveaway or I have, like, I have, like, let's say I gave away a symbol in the last giveaway I did. And it's like, it was with the company I was with. Um, and it's like, I paid for that symbol. But I, I was like, I don't really... It does, the symbol doesn't resonate in my soul. Let me give it to somebody. Let me give it away. Just give it to somebody instead of sell it. Let me give it away. Let me do a challenge. And so, yeah, it's about half free stuff that I receive through companies on Instagram. Like I was blessed enough to receive this. I don't know if you could see it, but it's like, this is like a $700, $800 snare that I got for free in a competition because they believed in me and my work ethic and everything. So they sent me a free snare drum and I was like unbelievably thankful. It's predator percussion. They're amazing. Through the Drummers I Like podcast uh, by Rich Ducat. It was the first podcast I ever did. And they just believed in me. They saw my drive and my work mm -hmm. ethic. And that's like, they're cultivating it pretty much. And like, through that, I'm going, okay, I'm going to work harder, you know? Um, but yeah. yeah. Half the well, stuff I get, half stuff I pay for. 
Hell yeah. And, and let me, you know, commend you when it comes to the work ethic. One thing that I, I think is very important for people to understand is there's a lot of grind in the hashtags, in the creation of content, in the networking. But at the end of the day, you got to be creating good content, good drumming, good quality, good video, um, working on things that are different. You know, anybody can post a video. But I got to commend you that obviously if these magazines are giving you attention, it's because they, they think what you're doing is, you know, professional and, and very good. And that's why I wanted to kind of jump into you. You name dropped Serge the Baptist um, opening for Nelly in that tour. How did you land, you know, a tour with Serge, you know, an up and coming rapper who's kind of blowing it up, opening, you know, yeah. for Nelly that everybody knows. How did you land yeah. that tour, man? I don't know, bro. I did, it, that is the most confusing thing that has happened to me to this day, bro, <laughs> on everything. I don't even know because, so check this out. I'll tell you his side of the story. Sir the Baptist, I'll tell you what he told me. Keep in mind, everybody, I'm just a small town kid, right? I'm in Rochester, New York, just posting Instagram videos. I'm at like 5,000 followers right now. And out of nowhere, this verified page with 50,000 followers, a professional website, he opened for Beyonce, at um, Madison Square Garden. It's like, he's done all this professional stuff. He messages me, DMs me. He goes, this is it. This is the only thing he said. Want to hit this tour? Question mark. And I'm like, <laughs> I accept the message request. I go, bro, can you give me more details? What's up? I was like, and then he's like, hey, if you don't know who I am, this is what I do, blah, blah, blah. And then so I was, we called on the phone, we talked and I was like, dude, I would be honored to play this tour. Let's go. And he's like, hell yeah. He was like, he was believing in me. He's like, dude, and through this, you'll get a lot of other opportunities and stuff. You'll meet a lot of cool people. I said, dude, I'm right. I've been, this has been my dream. Like since I started playing the, essentially since I started playing the drums, I'm finally going to make this happen. Like I was like, all right, dude, I told my parents, I was like, yo, this is really happening. And so he flies me out to Atlanta for the first show. And I meet him. And the first question I asked him, I go, yo, bro. So like we, we, it's like, you know how there's certain people, like, you connect with them off the bat? Like, me and you were like that because we're both very uh, uh, deep, I guess you could say. We don't surface-level talk. We, like, we, get, we can get deep about stuff. So, me and Sir were like that. I met him. I was like, bro, so I just need to ask you this question. How did you find me? And, like, how, why did you think to reach out to me? He's from Chicago, which has some of the most killing drummers in the world. You know, you can literally go next door and find one of the most killing cats. And, like, I watch him on YouTube and stuff. And But he chose me. And I was like, how'd you find me? And he first first answer was this. And I was like, man, I knew he was going to say that. He goes, man, God. I found you through God, man. And I was like, dude, I really want to know how you found me, though. <laughs> like, 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 what was it a hashtag? And he's like, just the hashtag drums. And I was like... Bro, there is millions of hashtag drums. So somehow the universe aligned as to where he searched the hashtag drums and then he found one of my videos and it resonated with him enough to reach out to me and DM me. And now I get a massive tour and it's like, dude, or at least for that time in my life, it's a massive tour. And I'm like, bro, I am like, I don't even know if I'm ready for this. It's like sold out theaters of like 2000 people. We're opening for a dude who I grew up listening to on the radio, um, I'm going to meet him and all his people. Like, am I ready for this? Like, I just graduated college. Um, 
man, it was unbelievable. And the tour itself was unreal. Like, I walk out on the stage on the first night in the UK, um, and it's like, I walk out on the stage, and it's like, oh, my God, dude. I've never played for this many people before. It's like 2,000 people all the way to the back of the theater. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm like, dude, breathe. You're good. Like, he obviously picked you because you can represent him the best. So do your best performance. And I was never nervous for any show. He was in the green room, like, producing the set list of the show because I'm playing the tracks. It's just me, the laptop, and him rapping and singing. So I'm playing the tracks, and he's every, – every show, every night, he reorganizes the set list differently. And it's like, damn, I never wrote nothing down. I just had to memorize it. One playthrough in the green room and then go out. But, yeah, with some – otherworldly shit bro i don't know how it happened we'll just say that the universe aligned the right place at the right time leading up to that i know i did a lot of meditation and manifestation like 30 minutes straight of just listening on youtube to to manifestations like you know you you you, you say i welcome all of your radiant energy and you're just meditating and and it's, it's doing affirmations in your ear like visualize what you want to believe smell what you believe what is it going to what is it going to taste like what are you eating and i'm like man i'm gonna be eating i don't know i'm gonna be eating a sandwich on the tour bus i'm gonna be smelling the odor from the smelly clothes because we haven't been at the hotel in like three days you know very specific things and i manifested it and i envisioned it and i really believe like that made me believe in the universe and manifestation tremendously and i've been operating on that level since of just you know be a just be, an, be a really good person. Be as good as you can to everybody you meet. Be genuine. Be your authentic self. And just really work as hard as you can and manifest everything into your existence. Because that happened through my vision. And I don't know how it legitimately happened, but that makes sense. I, I, I tried for it, and I, I achieved that. And hoping to achieve much more in the very near future. So manifestation, man, it's a powerful thing. No, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, I commend you for that because kind of like the yin and the yang, you know, you're not going to achieve something unless you have a goal and an understanding and like a, a belief you can do it. And, you know, the, the visualization you're talking about, you're taking it to a whole new level. You're imagining the experience before it exists and you're basically manifesting, creating it for yourself. But none of that's possible without the work ethic you talked about, you know, because it, I could, you know, I, I meditate as well and I, I can sit on my bed and visualize all day, but you got to have that will to go out and do it as well to make it happen. I'm curious because you said, sir, you, you, the sir, the Baptist just sort of hit you up. Did, did you, you know, um, did you do any of his songs? Did you do like a drum uh, anything like that? Was there a specific video that he pinpointed? Anything like? Did you get any? Did you get any more feedback about it? <laughs> no, bro. I didn't even know who he was to be honest. He just hits me up out of the blue, and I go, "Who are you, dude?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, he's on songs with Ray J. Like he's friends with DC Young Fly. These are cultural icons, you know." And I'm like, "I'm like, dude." unbelievable and nonetheless i'm not a gospel drummer he represents gospel music and like sure. i'm just like italian drummer from upstate new york and like he lives in chicago the root of gospel drummers that are authentically like born there and i have no idea i didn't cover his songs i didn't know who he was a lot of my friends knew who he was they were like you're drumming for sir and i'm like 
I'm like, yeah, how do you know, sir? And they're like, oh, I fucking love his music. I, his collabs and everything. He's he's smart, man. But yeah, I never did it. I only did a cover to a song after he hit me up. And he's like, I want to hear how you sound on my track. And so I filmed a very low quality video of me essentially performing. Like, like I'll be drumming to it. And then like, I'll like, when, when it's no drums, I'll be like shouting and chanting what it's going to be, like the lyrics. And then, and like showsmanship, arms in the air, like showing him this is what it would be like to tour with me. And he was like, I dig that. Talk to his manager, solidify things. And the rest is history. You guys went on tour. You were opening for Nelly. Any, you know, specific moment or multiple, if you've got a couple on mind, but anything that stood out as a proudest moment on the tour or something that was, you know, kind of the tipping point in your career that kind of set you off. You're like, shit, I made it or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never, I, I said I made it and I essentially regret saying, I don't regret saying that, but you never make it, bro. You never, your position is never solidified on your way to the top. You know, once you get to the top and you're there, if there's a top, you can always be taken down. And same with when you're down, you can always be brought up. So you're never essentially made it. You're never secure. But I, I was there and I was like, this is it. I know this is what I dreamed of. I mean, I, I dream of, I dream of essentially long-term, I dream of arenas, sold out arenas where I can look out and look up and be like all around me, like not just in front of me, but all around me. I, I look up and I see people, I see the flashing lights and everything. But this is the one thing that stood out to me the whole tour, man. I, I manifested this exact moment too. I, Every, every video I would see of my, my idols on tour, they take a video from behind the drum set of people, the whole room is dark and a beautiful song happening. Everybody's got their flashlights out, their stars mm-hmm. in the air, and the drummer just records that. And it's the, dude, I cannot explain how much that inspires me. And it really moves my soul as a, as a drummer of wanting to achieve that. So there was one night where it was the perfect moment. It's one of his most beautiful songs. And I'm behind the drum set. I take out my phone, and I'm like, "Boom!" The, like, like the, the, he's like, "Everybody, turn your lights on. We need stars in the air." And everybody turns their phones on, and the most beautiful song starts playing by him. And I don't have to drum for it, so I'm standing up behind the drum set, filming, and I'm like shaking my head in disbelief as I'm filming it, realizing, "Dude, I'm doing it now. I'm inspiring myself at this point. Like, I'm, I'm here." And I said, "Like, you know, I made it right there." shut my phone off and I just I was insanely present in the moment and I was just looking around and I was like just I just expressed to myself how grateful I am to be in this position I will never take it for granted like I learned to be I learned what it's like to be present in that moment I learned that I put my phone down and I was like this is beautiful man like I can't even put into words unreal I feel like I'm dreaming right now it's insane dude gratitude's a powerful thing man that that's incredible yeah are you nervous on stage with an audience like that no <laughs> not at all dude i practice so much kobe bryant said it back he's like he said i practice so much that when it's game time and it sounds like that game winning shot i'm completely relaxed because i've done this before i've done this time and time again it's this it's not like you're doing something you're doing something brand new but you've practiced all your maneuvers there's nothing that's really going to trip you up. You know, you know, I mean, the set list changing every night was kind of like startling a little mm-hmm. bit, but dude, I live for challenges like that. I love, I love to be challenged. Like, Oh, you're going to, I don't know what song's next, but within the first three seconds, I better know. I better know. And 
and then hitting that. So I was just, I love challenges. And so I was never really nervous. And I learned breathing has a huge thing to do with nervousness. Mm. Like if you're breathing short, quick breaths, you're going to be nervous, you're going to get anxious. But if you really just be present, relax, take deep breaths. There's no nervousness. There's no nervousness at all. Were you always like that? Because I know personally, small example, I played disc golf today. I don't play often, and I was terrible. Played in a course in the woods. I'm hitting trees. I'm not doing well. I'm struggling. And, you know, you get, I get down on myself, and I get critical about my inability to excel right away. And I'm wondering if you were always that confident and had that ability or if uh, there was a turning point uh, that that you started to gain the confidence, because obviously the practice, the grind, you know, the the hard work plays a pivotal role in having that confidence and that comfort. What was your experience with that? You know, with music and with drumming. Um, that's that's phenomenal, dude. And by the way, I suck at disc golf as well. <laughs> I'm so bad at it, bro. I tried it once, and I was like, dude unbelievable it's so it's it's not easy man you gotta like the curve plays a huge factor um <laughs> but yeah so i i wasn't always this confident um and my confidence kind of works against me a lot of the time too because people think i'm an asshole just because i'm so confident and i just believe in myself dude i i, I believe in myself a tremendous amount and you know this is why i make sure i'm insanely nice to people too because it can if i don't speak and i'm just confident bro it comes off as me being like an asshole to you and I really try to steer away from that. I'm I'm super anti-negativity and pro-positivity. I'm just, you surround yourself with positivity and everybody comes up who you surround yourself with. And it's just beautiful. It's, it's more beautiful that way. It's how it should be. But I used to be, you know, I used to know I was decent at the drums. Decent. But we all have our insecurities and we all still do. Even your idols have insecurities. So, you know, coming up, uh, I just I started working a little bit and I was like, oh, I'm I'm one of the, I'm one of the best in my little circle that I that I'm friends with. Man, you go you go a little bit across the nation. You go to college in Minnesota and you're around the actual gospel drummers who you've been watching on YouTube. You're like, I'm a I'm a plebe, bro. I'm nothing, dude. I'm a, I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie. So I that's when I started instilling my hard work in the practice room. I was like, okay, we'll go for five hours today. We'll go for maybe six hours today and. College allowed me to lock myself in the practice room and practice a lot. And the more you practice, the more confident you are. Again, like the Kobe Bryant quote, you never, you're never nervous when you know you've done it so many times before. So that built up my confidence a little bit. And now getting the approval from these artists who I'm drumming to their videos on Instagram, that, that gave me confidence because it's like, okay, I want to drum for an artist and they, they dig what I'm doing to their, to their track. So the confidence raises with the, um, what is it called? Um, what is it? What, the approval. With the approval, mm-hmm. the confidence raises. And eventually I got to a point. Yeah. And, then, and eventually I got to the point where I started, realize, like, I started realizing I'm, not, I'm practicing more than most musicians do. Most musicians only practice maybe one, two, three hours a day. But like the real serious ones, they're going five, six, seven hours a day. And this is why I encourage all my friends to do that too. I want them to be, you know, insanely confident in their abilities i don't i don't want an insecure musician around me i need you all to be confident and believe in yourself so so with the hours comes the confidence and with the approval comes the confidence and then like eventually i hit a point where i was like 
okay, I, I heard my video back and I was like, I sound like my idols. I sound like my inspirations. I think, you know, I'm starting to sound professional, especially today I recorded a video and I was like, that sounds really professional. Like that doesn't sound amateur by any means whatsoever. I, I can put myself right next to my idols and say, I sound like my idols. Like I sound very professional. I sound like a professional drummer. And then the proof is in the pudding. Like you don't need nobody's approval when you can watch yourself and not be critical of it. You know, you can be like, that, wow, that technique was very good. This, that. The same thing you would think when you're watching your idol. So, and that's essentially what you work towards when you practice is professionalism and being the best that you can be. No, it's incredibly huge to, to have that professionalism, to have, I mean, you're writing songs in seven, you're changing signatures all the time. I'm assuming yeah. it's, it, it gets boring doing something you're already good at. So you want to learn something new. What, what are some of the, these idols we speak of anybody you look up to uh, even better. Do you have a direct mentor or anyone specific that you look to when it comes to, you know, honing your style and, and getting better, but some are, who are some of these idols that we should check out as well? Okay. Um, uh, that's, a, that's an amazing question. Uh, Cause my idols don't, my idols are not just drummers. A lot of my idols are actually not drummers. They're, they're actually athletes because mm. You want to know who has the strictest work ethic is athletes. You know, right. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. These are all people who talk about manifestation. They talk about hard work, being the first to, to practice and the last out of practice. You know, to the point where I'm only practicing now. And that's because, uh, that's because these people preach on that. Gary Vaynerchuk, that's another one. These are people who embody hard work and they make hard work cool because hard work is cool because when you read the, ben the benefits, it's, it's unspeakable. And it's just like, it takes a lot of patience. So I learned patience and hard work through Gary Vee. I learned insane practice mentality through Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Um, I learned manifestation through a lot of people, but Conor McGregor, he's a big, he's a big one of that. He spoke it into existence. Uh, for drummers who I look up to when they're playing, very recently I'm on a Matt Garska tangent for Animals as Leaders. He's the drummer. Um, and then, arguably the, one of the greatest in the world, if not the greatest to ever do it. In my humble opinion, Mike Mitchell, he's always been like my main source of inspiration because he's pushed the, the language of drums the furthest it's ever gone in the history of the drum set. And that's without a doubt a fact. So um, he's my main source of inspiration on the drums. And then myself, I want to see, okay, because like Kevin Hart said this on a recent Joe Rogan interview, life is like a game, there's different levels. And you could choose to stay at your level or you could choose to level up. Maybe work a little harder, level up. So me, I treat myself as like a video game character and life is the game. Mm -hmm. And the drums is, you know, I'm trying to work on my XP on the drums. So it only makes sense the more you practice and the more new shit you practice, the higher you will evolve. And I want to see how high my character can get in this game of life, you know? So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge influence on myself too. I'm competing against myself every, every time I'm on the drum set. I'm like, and it, it, it works with me because you're like, yo, that wasn't clean. Do it again. Let's go. I'm like Joe Jackson to myself. Mm. Like I'm, <laughs> I'll beat myself with a stretch out for tree, bro. I got to get this right. I got to get it perfect. Um, and yeah, that's a lot of my influences. There's countless influences too. My cousin, Dimitri Albano, he showed me the drums in the first place. My whole life would not, I don't even know what it would be. If I didn't have drums, AKA Dimitri, don't know what it would have been. I don't know what I would be doing.
It's huge. Uh, and I'd love to believe you'd find the drums regardless because your passion for it. But but shout out for everybody that brought you to that place. Uh, I like what you're saying about leveling up because, yeah. you know, when you're looking at the Kobe Bryants, when you're looking at the, the top tier people, you know, I, I was just, I had a round table of comedians on the show just recently. And, you know, Sarah Shipley was saying she treats comedy very much like athletics and it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what your profession is. Everybody's saying the same thing. You know, you got to look at the people that have done it well and have done it right and inspire you. You need to mimic them. You need to mimic their work ethic. And then if you can bring in that secret sauce, something different, oh. something special, like, you know, you personally, you're, you're the Italian drummer. Are you, are you a hundred percent Italian? How'd you come up with the fact you're the yeah. Italian drummer? You've got a big personality, but you almost have a iconic brand in the fact that you're not just Marco, you're Marco, the Italian drummer. You're, mm-hmm. your family's Italian or I know I'm bringing the Italian thing into it, but let's, let's talk about that for a sec. Sì, sì, sono 100% italiano, tutta la mia famiglia è del sud Italia. Uh, all my family comes from the south, south of Italy. I have no other relatives from any other countries. Um, my, my parents were actually the first ones um, to America, and then I was born in America. My mom actually was born too, but all of her family above her, both parents and so on. And same with my dad and all his family, all born in Italy. So I'm pretty much the first generation in America. So I really stand strong to my heritage. All I've known growing up is the Italian family around me and like the craziness that's happening. And, you know, I've been on this, I've been on this insane journey recently too. talk about hard work. I've been doing notes, thousands of pages of notes and just trying to become fluent in the language of Italian, which is because I never really focused on it when I was a kid. But, um, yeah, I was always known as the Italian kid who played the drums, the Italian drummer. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's, the, that's the brand that I established. I created a YouTube channel when I was young, and I just, I'm just rocking with it because I love Italy so much. I love the Italian language so much, and I love the drums so much. This is like the epicenter of my life, pretty much. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I cultivated that, and that's how, the, that's how it's... it's Italian roots play a huge part of me. I think I like to treat people like family. I don't like to, I don't know. Uh, they do it differently in Europe. In Europe and in America, it's two completely different, two completely different things, character traits. Each, each, person, each person acts differently, you know? It's, it's a whole different set of moral values. But we're very modern here. They're very old-fashioned there. Mm. So, you know. No, I love it. And the, the only reason I brought it up is because, again, so many people grind, so many people do well. There's so many great musicians, but you know, everybody has that secret sauce that's raw and a part of their life and a part of their heritage and who they are and bringing that out is a good thing. In my opinion, Um, my, my mind's blown. I I enjoy talking to you for one main reason. I feel like you're a, a wealth of feedback and information ask you a question then I got like four or five questions on your answer because uh, you're saying so many good things. I forget what I asked you like 20 minutes ago, but I've been kind of chipping away at these questions that came to mind from the one response. 
And the last thing that came to mind in that cycle was when you were talking about um, ultimately talking to one of your Instagram followers that, uh, you know, brought up the fact what you had said, you know, I don't know if they this disapproved of it, but they said, hey, just, so you know, you know, I like you and I follow you, but, you know, a lot of people look up to you and pay attention to what you do. So your voice, you know, you, you got to make yeah. sure you're saying the right things or this or that. Um, if you want to talk a little bit more about that or talk a little bit about how you feel your role is as, you know, a drummer, a public figure in Rochester, people go, they watch you, they watch your videos. We got riots, we got protests, we've got a terrible thing going on with crime against black people. Um, I can talk a little bit about that. And I was talking before about what Trevor Noah said. I want to talk a little bit about that too, but I want to hear your, your perspective. If you're comfortable talking about it, about everything going on and your role as you know, a a figure in the community. Funny police sirens are, 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 (laughs) flamboyant as you ask that question I'm like dude it's because right now during these times when you hear a siren you know damn like you you know it's not just like oh well maybe something you know you know it's like damn something serious is happening and I don't know if it's good or bad but because there's people breaking into buildings and shit and I don't condone of them of that I don't condone to looting but but the thing is man everybody's got their own opinions and people get in trouble for stating their opinions but it's at the point where I'm like I have my opinions and if you if you're genuine with me if you're a genuine follower friend or family member you rock with me during my opinions you, just because one dude's a christian or one dude's a buddhist you don't go oh, i hate buddhist people you don't believe in god okay i don't i don't, I don't rock with you anymore just because of that so if you could accept somebody for a human being then how i feel about the situation is i'm not with the looting but the rioting is happening because so many black lives matter protests have happened and it's just been the same you know, short response of, okay, we're sorry for doing that. Boom, another black man's killed. And it's like, riots have happened in the past several times for the same reason. This is what causes civil rights movement. And I'm not educated enough to speak on this, but all I know is how many times do you have to be unheard until chaos breaks out? And, you know, there's certain, I posted, the, the, the thing we're talking about is I posted on my story today, I'm like, what did I say? I said, Damn, I posted, I filmed the video myself and said, damn, a lot of drum companies staying silent still. That's crazy. Like, because I look up, I look up to these drum companies. And if I look up to you, I want to know that you're on the side against the oppressor. When you stay silent at this, especially now, this riot, you can't be ignorant to it. I've stayed silent before, but now is the time where you have to pick a side. Either stay silent and you're with the oppressor or verbalize it. I'm against police brutality against black people all this I want you want to spark the change you want to and and there's drum companies that are staying silent and I'm like I, I admire you guys I look I play your I play your product I want to know that it's good people behind this if you stay silent it's just it you're on the side of the oppressor unfortunately and you said it best if you want to quote that Trevor Noah thing that's that's the best way to just cap off like, this whole, <laughs> you know yeah no and and shout out Marco saying you know speak up we we all have a voice we're here it's a democracy and if you're staying silent 
are you making a difference? I mean, you're not doing anything wrong, but I'm curious not to throw anybody under the bus. And I will do the Trevor Noah thing, completely quoting him, not me. Um, But some drum companies are just like, what are they doing? They're just not saying anything at all. Obviously there's, well, there's an incredible amount of ethnic and black drummers that are the best in the world that are sponsored by these companies are, are the companies not talking? What, what are you saying? Exactly. Bro. Exactly. This is why it's the most messed up. This is why I say this. Perfect. Thank you, bro. Cause I forgot to touch on that. The reason why it's so messed up is because the drum companies are banking off of these black musicians who promote their product endlessly in every video, they'll promote their product. And now you're going to stay silent when every black person, they're like, their, their, their soul's been ripped out. It's like, I, they can't believe this shit's happening. Are you rocking with them or are you not? When you stay silent, you show that you're not rocking with them. But when you post, not only are you showing that you rock with them, but your 100, 200, 300,000 followers all are aware of this message now. They're all, and they can either choose to be with it or against it, but you're spreading the word to all of your followers. That's why if you have a lot of followers, it's your job to spread the word of this and post about it. If you don't post about it, you're showing that like, hey man, it's out of my hand, you know. But you got so many people looking up to you. Um, that's why it's really the most messed up. You got black artists and you're staying silent. Yeah, everybody, everybody, speak up, especially if you support Black Lives Matter. Um, I'll, I'll do the Trevor Noah bit. It's not a. I shouldn't call it a bit. It's not this. A bit. Is, <laughs> it's not a bit. Trevor Noah as most of you know, is um, the new host of The Daily Show. He's been doing it for a while. And um, I'm not going to do it justice. So what you want to do is you want to Google Trevor Noah protests. Um, It'll come up. He did a 20-minute, you know, I don't know if he's on a laptop or a phone, but he's just at his house, you know, talking from his heart about his perspective and his feedback on everything going on. And to digress a little bit, I think that's the number one thing people should be doing. They should be looking at people that they they look up to. They should look at people that are affected, people that are in ethnic groups and hear their genuine opinion and their genuine emotional and logical response. Because at the end of the day, um, I know personally I'm a white male. It's not my place to know what's right and wrong and judge people the best thing you can do is not just share something because you like the headline but actually listen to what people have to say and where they're coming from and what trevor noah was talking about is and he is very eloquent he gets into details examples check google this don't turn this off yet but Google this afterwards, Trevor Noah on the protest. He has a 20-minute video. And in short, what I heard from it is with a society, what we're doing is we're, we're ultimately signing into a social contract. And the contract is that the government's there to basically make sure that the rules are kept make sure that everybody follows the rules. These are agreed upon rules by the people in the society. Without, There's no society without it. Agreed upon rules that people in the society agree, 
I am going to follow these rules and I'm going to praise and love my society and I know my government's going to take care of me. But what people are feeling and what the truth is, is the government isn't always, not every single time, but they, they, they aren't always upholding their end of the bargain. The government is ultimately breaking the rules. And it would come, when it comes to treatment of African-Americans, they're maliciously breaking the rules on a regular basis to the point that it creates insecurity, it creates division, it creates a racism that a lot of people don't really understand. And they're not just breaking it with African-Americans, they're breaking it with women, they're breaking it with poor people, they're breaking it with ethnic groups, they're breaking it with transgender, they're breaking the rules of the contract, and they're treating people differently. So I personally don't like looting, I don't want to get too personal with it, but it's not any person's place to judge how to react to having the rules broken against you. It's like the rules got broken against you and then you react. The reaction is burning of cop cars, looting. There's some reactions happening here, but it's a reaction from the government breaking the contract. So the people have decided I'm gonna break the contract as well. I do not like this contract. I do not like the decision uh, that, that I have to sign into a contract. I was born into this contract and I don't believe in it. The government's breaking it clearly. Fuck, I'm going to break this contract as well. Now, it's, that's what Trevor Noah said. And my feedback is I can't judge what's right and wrong. I know personally I don't like seeing small businesses go down, but – I also don't like seeing black people having that injustice. I don't like seeing black people die. The contract is being broken on multiple elements. And um, I don't know if Trevor Noah touched on this, but we just got to rewrite that contract. And that's what a lot of people are thinking. Um, and yeah, Trevor Noah talking about the protests, someone who's a, uh, wasn't a mentor to me, but I was looking for information because I wanted to educate myself before I said anything else because I like to talk because I have opinions and I have rationale and I like to think that I'm smart, but there's smarter people than me saying it more eloquently than me. So check that out um, and look for that wealth of information. That's the Trevor Noah uh, uh, rant in five minutes. His 20 minutes are beautiful. Marco, do you, any thoughts on it on your end, brother? I mean, that's perfect, dude. Like, when, as for, for you guys listening, when he told me that before we started uh, actually airing this, I, I, I cracked up laughing because it made so much sense. I was like, I was like, oh my god, dude, that is the most simplest way to. That is the simplest way to break this down. It's like if somebody goes like, if if it, what is it like? Uh, like, is there a simpler way to compare it? Like, here's here's a jar of cookies. We won't have the cookies, and you can't have the cookies. Sign the contract. But then somebody, then they take the cookies. It's like, what the hell, bro? I want cookies. And it's like, you take the cookies. And, well, you broke the contract. We're going to break the contract, too. They're taking the cookies now. And taking the cookies is a metaphor for, you know, police taking the cookies is like killing black people in public. Well, in private, in private is wrong, too. But killing black people and being recorded like it's normal. 
So now, not just black people, but all of us, you know, people start rioting. People start making chaos and madness because you broke the rules, now they break the rules. And it's going to spark a revolution, I'm 100% sure. I know it will. And unfortunately, this is what it's come to. But like we said before, it's been so many peaceful protests that this looks, it looks like it has to come to this. And I've and, and I seen a video of a small business owner. Just I've seen a video of a small business owner getting beat up, a small lady in Rochester. And it's like, that broke my heart just as much as, well, not just as much, but it broke my heart. Just like seeing that black guy, that black guy die under the knee of that police officer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not the answer either. You can't beat up a small business owner. But, you know, maybe crash a window of a police station or some shit. Let them know we're serious. We're serious this time. Like, we're done. How many times are you going to get pushed around and bullied until you fight back, man? This is a super emotional and, like, touchy subject, but mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that we got to briefly touch on it because we, you got the Rochester Groovecast podcast and I got my brand. And it's like, let's use this platform to at least say how we feel about it. We're two level-headed people. It's like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing that I absolutely love is that i feel like everybody is unified in the fact no matter what you believe anyone who sees that video knows that something is wrong there uh and that's the most important part anything else you want to talk about with this or should we um pivot back over to music you know i I think i think we we said what we had to say about this and everything we said was very valid and good points for people to think about we shouldn't we shouldn't stretch on it for too long i think that we we did uh we set our message on that. It's just you know, it's not it's not like the nineteen fifties and everything where it's like whites versus blacks and it's like a war. No, now it's whites and blacks versus the police officers. Everybody, Asians, Hispanics, Italians, all of us versus the police officers and the government has to change. That's it. Simple as that. The government has to change. It's huge. And, you know, my last comment there is look out to mentors, look out to intelligent political figures that'll give you uh, inspiration and opinions and uh, really inspire you. We talked a little bit about some of your inspirations in music. Um, I'm curious because we didn't touch on this. You, You play drums, but you've played some other instruments as well. But why drums? You know, did what? Why did you pick up a drum set before? Did you pick up a guitar first, or what brought you into drums? You know, um, that's a good question. I think I did maybe the keyboard first. Um, just music. I had like this. I have two sides of my family: my mom's side and my dad's side. And on my dad's side, there's a lot of musicians. They're located in East Rochester, and so I'll go over their house as a kid, and they got a keyboard there, and I'll start messing around with the songs on the keyboard and like looking at how it's supposed to be played and like playing basic stuff but it's like you know when you when you start to do something that really moves your spirit you can feel it and you're like okay okay i like this a lot can i get a keyboard yeah they give me a cheap keyboard cool and i'm not playing like now i'm playing like pretty advanced stuff which i'm as a compositions and everything but i was just playing like you know hold down a three note chord in the left hand and then play a melody over top simple and i was like this is cool this is crazy but in third grade my older cousin, Dimitrio, Dimitrio Albano, he showed me the drums in his basement and he was always playing and I was like, that looks so cool, dude. Like the drums look so fun. They look so cool, different than any other instrument. And I was rocking with it. He was playing to music. And so he's like, you want to learn? And I was like, 
I don't remember exactly how it went, but he asked me, he's like, you want to sit down? And I sat down, and he's like, he's such a good teacher, bro. He taught me my first beat, which this is how the beat goes. It's Blink-182, stay together for the kids. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like... Um, and he taught me that. And I think the reason why it resonated so much with me is because I picked up on that quick. And then he brought our parents. It was our, our family came over to his family's place, brought all the parents downstairs. He set up chairs and they sat down and I played that beat to the song. And I, I did like a live drum cover. And then they like clap for me when I'm done. And I'm like, dude, oh my God, I just learned that in like, I just learned that in like 30 minutes. This is crazy. And like, and so I think that sparked like a little flame. And every time I came over, I wanted to hit the drums. I'm like, let's drum, dude, let's drum. And then my parents finally bought me a drum set in like fourth or fifth grade. And because uh, I would have to go, I, was, I would have to wait to go to his house to play the drum set. So that's what sparked the drums for me. And like, and then I, I did the drums in school, in my school band. And then I, my teachers were, were um, they're feeding the fire kind of. They're like, okay, yeah, you got I had like kind of a natural knack to rhythms. Like if you go, I can clap it back normally. And apparently other kids were having trouble remembering rhythms. And I had that. So it started there and the, the teacher just feeding the flame, motivating me and inspiring me as a great teacher does. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I'm just like, I have like, this competitive edge to me too. So I'm like, Oh, I don't want anybody else to like outshine me. I was very egotistical in school. I was like, I had to be the best. And so growing up, I was like, oh, like everybody's like saying that he's the best drummer in the school. No, I got to be the best drummer. I go practice more. That's, I would hit like random peaks and then I would continue on my, I wouldn't practice, dude, but I wouldn't practice seriously. I'd drum, but I would practice when, you know, the, the light is off of me and I wanted the light to be on me. So it's like, that encouraged my practice and everything. And really, it just started with my cousin and then the teachers fed the flame to get me to really like get serious and more serious. The older I got, the more serious I got. And it's going to continue in that path. So drums are my heart, man. I love it. I love it. I, I think you'll vibe with this and I'm curious with your feedback. Cause um, just to give you a little bit of background um, in college, really not that hard to do when you think about it, but it's crazy to think about how hard it is for some people. They asked us to basically, uh, it was a project, so I'm getting graded. So it, they're not even just asking to do it. They're saying you can get an A and all you got to do is detox from media for like 16 hours, like an entire day where, you know, no TV, no cell phone, you know, no screens, just assume that you're, we obviously have a shelter, but assume that you're primal and you're not going to drive a car. You're not going to use modern electronics and things like that. And of course you push back at first. It's annoying, but I'm walking down the road. Obviously all you got to do is take a walk and um, I'm walking down the road. I'm about to go on a hike and I hear a car alarm and it's all like, you, you know what a car alarm is. It's just beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. And I start like clapping and stomping to it and like how to get because I hadn't heard I hadn't heard music all day. And I had and um that was an epiphany for me that like you know music and rhythm 
is in everything. It's in the birds chirping and it's, it's in the car alarm. You know, it's, it's in the hiss of the, the light bulb makes that white noise sound. And I'm curious if um, you've had inspirations like that, something that whether it's God or an epiphany, something that's different than just watching a drummer and replicating it, but moments that, you know, you catch on and you're like, shit, like music's where I want to go. This is what I want to do because of this. Has anything like that happened to you before? Oh, man, that was iconic. I can't. Like, that's, <laughs> that's so killing, dude. <laughs> that's so killing, dude. You heard the car and you started clapping. I, that happened to me before, too. But your story is that's killing. Like, so that's what sparked, like, the inspiration uh, with music and you, you haven't heard music all day, so you hear the ba 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 ba, and then yeah, I would do that when I was a kid. would be like ba 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 ba, and I would do yeah. That oh, that's awesome. Um, do I have another story like that? Um, it wasn't being deprived of music. I think the music, like, oh, what is it? What am I trying to say? Like, music really started to resonate more with me when I found the music that. Like, I love, because you can like songs and you, like, play songs while driving and everything. But when you find a song that you love and you hear it and you stop, like, you get goosebumps from it. And you're like, oh, my God. And, like, this happens when you're young. And this has happened to everybody. You hear a song where you get goosebumps and you're like, oh, my God, maybe it makes you cry. The best case scenario, it makes you cry. You're like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. And you listen to the song on repeat for, like, a year. Come back to it five years later, bro. Same emotion. That's what inspires me in music. That's what, when I realized that, like I think I was in seventh or eighth grade and I was listening to a song. I used to bump when I was in fourth grade and I was like, dude, oh my God. That's like, like same goosebumps, same emotions. And that's what inspired me to learn the piano recently. On the drums, you can only evoke the emotion of like, oh, that was crazy. Or, or yeah. oh that's sick do it again do it again that's, that's wild or oh he's a, he's got a good groove okay but for for keys and piano and melodical instruments like guitars and basses it's like you can make somebody cry and that's that's a very like i love that emotional aspect of music mm. and that's where music started resonating with me where i'm like you can make people cry through music if you do it to the fullest capability music can move you so much to where the lyrics can resonate with you or the melody that's it's impressive with instrumental music when you listen to it and it makes me like have you ever cried from a song without lyrics before mm -hmm. yeah it's like Absolutely. if you cry from no lyrics what are you crying from it's just the way that that melody and harmony was strung was mm -hmm. strung together is the perfect recipe to make you get emotional and 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 it's kind of like nostalgia it's not like a sad cry it could be Maybe it's a nostalgia cry, like, oh, my God, I remember being a kid. And it's like, he's not talking. He's just playing a melody. Right. So that's why, that's when I realized that was music, that really touched me. And that made me realize music is insanely powerful. So powerful. Yeah. Whew. Marco, I got to be honest with you, and I got to be honest with everybody listening and watching. I really got to take a pee. I'm curious if that, I'm definitely curious if that happens to you on stage, but I think what we should do, because I have a few more things I want to ask you, is I want to play a track. I want to play that Aku tune, Gummy Worms. We're going to listen to Gummy Worms by Aku. Marco's the drummer. I'm going to take a leak. You can take a minute as well. And then we'll wrap sure. up. I've got some things I want to ask you, but um, shit. 
And I want to talk about that feeling on stage, if you've ever had to pee when you're on stage. Um, <laughs> but I'm just being candid. I'm being real. I hope you see Marco's being real with you as well. We're not here to be someone we're not. We're not here to the, – the pot this year is about culture. This year is about music and real people. Um, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Let's listen to some Aku. Let's listen to Gummy Worms by Aku. And uh, I'll be right back with Mark.
dude. <laughs> yeah, dog. Pure fire, man. Yeah, man. That 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 middle of that song actually is exactly what I was talking about. Like <sighs> when Sage plays that, I think it's a major nine sharp eleven chord. I'm just, it's like do 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 blah, and I'm just like uh, and it's just so floaty. That gives me the goosebumps almost every time too. That's like a super mysterious part of the song where it just builds up to this chaos, bro. Just madness and we just like unleash. It's like, it's like, it's just like screaming, dude. I love it. Yeah, some conflict and then resolution. Yeah, exactly that. No, great. Resolution. That's what's happening now, man. No, it's well. It, so obviously, that was Gummy Worms, a coup, brand new track, just dropped like a week ago. Check that out. Um, album in the works, EP. What What's the status on that? Uh, I, I'll I'll say it. Like I don't know if we're not gonna say it or whatever, but it's <clears throat> it's gonna be singles. It's gonna be eight singles ish, about around eight singles, and then we're gonna release once it's all dropped slide them all to the same album and it's going to be our first record entitled Kudo Plasm. No, wait, Solipsis. I'm sorry, it's called Solipsis. Yep, it's going to be an eight-track record called Solipsis and that's going to be our first record and then from there, we'll start working on our next one, probably before that record comes out. Uh, yeah. By the way, how was your pee? Oh, it was great. Very necessary. Nice. Oh, Good. man. I, you ever on... So that's the thing about the drummer... Followed by maybe the bass. I feel like you guys never get to leave the stage. Yeah, man. It's very rare. Like, if I have to pee on stage, it's either I get it out beforehand or you better use that during the performance to, like, really – because you're more aware. When you have to, like, pee and you have that sense, you're like, oh, my God, I got to pee. But, it's like, it's the same thing with, with fasting and not eating food and, like, your stomach growls and you got to be like, okay, I'm not going to – I'm still not going to eat the food. I'm going to like, and it will subside just like on stage, but it makes me more present in the moment. When I have to pee, I'm like, Oh my God, let's go. Like every second of the song, I'm like something to look forward to, but at the same time it will subside and you'll be engulfed in the moment. So music usually serves as a slight distraction to that. No, no good to hear it. I'm impressed because I, I'm thinking I, I've fasted before I fast pretty often um just for dietary reasons this and that but i can deal with a little bit of hunger but when my bladder's screaming at me how do you not like start playing a double time you know <laughs> you kind of do dude i realize like i start i'll start i'll start um i'll start playing faster i'll start like rushing songs and stuff i think it makes you like a little anxious but you're always like right there i think the scary part is when you have to poop on stage Mm. that is otherworldly bro because now we're talking about you have to i've i've done that before shows before it's like oh my god i got a stomach ache oh i shouldn't eat that and then like i'll have like whatever band is on do some like ambiance and then then i gotta walk on the stage and like okay now i'm here but peeing is like i could peeing i could be like okay we'll let that we'll let that to the mm-hmm. side for now if we can't get it out yeah you got too much information kidding. No, it sounds like you got to be careful when you're going to, you know, town to town, city to city, out of state. 
and you're eating food from a restaurant you haven't ate at before, that could happen, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, bro. I'm not even going to name drop the artist because it's a little bit embarrassing and it, it's a very uh, beautiful woman, but she was on stage and she said like halfway through, like, I hope you guys don't smell that because I had the, you know, Korean food down the road and it's just not sitting well. (laughs) She's up there gassing the whole time. (laughs) When a beautiful lady's farting, everybody goes crazy, man. What? It's impossible. What? Yeah, but but anyways. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was changing the subject. Were you saying something? I was just going to say, I can't imagine being like a pop star, like Beyonce or something and just being like, oh, I got to poop. <laughs> I got to poop right now, but I got to perform. Ugh. I can't imagine that. So much pressure. So much pressure. Go on. We can, we can move away from pooping now. No, it's cool. And I actually referenced her earlier. Sarah Shipley, one of the comedians I had on the show uh, recently, said that, you know, if she could say anything to the world, she'd say everybody poops. And I think it's a mess. It's, it, it resonates because it's true. Um, I like your structure with a coup that you're dropping singles and you're layering them on to create an album. Yeah. Um, I know I'm not a big rap guy, but one of the people I really look up to as a good lyricist and just incredible flow and tonality is Joyner Lucas. Um, been just Ooh. like vibing on his shit like crazy. And what he did is probably was like almost a year and a half like the entire time i've known him in two years he was just dropping tracks and there was a time where he dropped like i'd have to check my facebook or youtube regularly because he'd be dropping a remix or a trap track like all the time and like weekly and then it kind of spread out to monthly but he had like eight or nine songs already set up for the album so he basically released the whole album, but he spread it out. He'd drop a track with a video, then he'd drop a behind the scenes. Like for example, he had a song that the whole video was filmed in one take. So he dropped um, the bird's eye view with the green screens as he's moving across and they're bringing things on set and it's all one take. And he did it all in little bits and pieces. Now, he added a couple songs that hadn't been released yet. And he added like a Kevin Hart message and a Chris Rock like voicemail message. I forget if it was Chris Rock or Kevin Hart. I think it was Kevin Hart. But he's saying like, this album better be good. You've been milking that album cover for a year and a half. Every every second you got a new song, when are you going to release the album? And it's Kevin Hart just going off on him. But when are you going to release this damn album? You This better be good because you've been built. And I'm thinking, like, he should be milking those tracks and he should milk the album because, you know, people are going to buy the album, but he's getting everything he can out of each individual song. So Gummy Worms just came out. Was that the first official track? I'm not sure offhand. Um. The first official track of the record recorded in that studio. And by the way, this is why I fuck with you, bro, because we can talk about, like, music business and stuff like that. Like, your mind is operating on that same level of, like, 
oh, it's a good idea to drop singles. You understand the whole process of why it's happening. Um, but yeah, that was the first. That was the first song, the first track off of this Solipsis uh, record that we're going to be dropping. Um, but we did drop a single before this that was recorded in another location called Mansoor. And that's also going to be on this record, but it's going to be recorded in that one studio. We did this whole record in a studio. Uh, the one single that was dropped before we recorded the record was uh, at some other place. So it's going to be, this record is going to sound really, really nice. We got great cats working on it. Even our bass player, Ian Fate, he's, he's mixing and mastering it. He's mixing mm-hmm. it, and I think uh, Josh Benninger is mastering it <clears throat> from Wicked Squid. So, yeah, it's going to be a super nice sounding album, I'm gonna, and I'm super proud of what we've done. So I can't wait to see the final product. I'm excited, too. Uh, anything else looking towards the future? Anything else that you're excited about? Um, any big plans for the future in any of these acts that you want to drop some things that are coming out? Sure. Um, for myself, because like during these times of coronavirus specifically, I don't know when shows are going to start to get back. I've had this debate with many of my homies and it's like, I don't know. This is my question I ask them. Do you think it's going to be, you know, people are going to dip their toe in the water and be like, okay, it's kind of fine. And then, get into the water or do you think that people are just going to like cannonball into the water like everybody's mosh pitting at shows again like right when we get the okay so i don't know that's what we can't really base it off of and me as a live performer i it's a very <clears throat> it'd be unwise of me to have a goal in mind of performing like oh i want to perform this summer i plan on performing several festivals and now none of that's going to happen so i need to play that by ear but for what i can't control is myself i'm learning Ableton. Um, I've tracked on GarageBand and I got some great homies um, as well as some featured artists who are homies to me as well, brothers. And I'm working on a solo record um, and I'm writing all the tracks for it and I'm composing these songs and it's, I'm going to be releasing an album myself in 2021. I'm going to feature some some great homies of mine like uh, Charlie Lindner, Ben Chilbert, Luis Carrion, Sage, Xavier Genovese. Uh, as well as some people who you might know in, in, in our scene, um, bigger names like Gabriel Marin and Mike Ganser. So it's like I'm going to have some of my close homies and friends on this album, and I'm going to try to create a really nice masterpiece as, like we said, um, branding myself. So as the Italian drummer, as Marco Sorigliano, I want to drop this record, and this going to be my first record. And then I want to continue doing solo stuff because I'm so intrigued by piano and keys and melody that, I need to be releasing albums. I can't just limit myself to just drumming for other people. I need to make my own songs and release them. So 2021 solo album should be, should be coming out. So I'm, I'm working on that right now. And yeah, just really, really grinding every day, trying to get insanely good at everything that I'm touching. Absolutely. 2021 solo album. I'm going to hold you accountable on that one. Um, but it sounds like you've got the visualization, you got the the talent around you to make it work. Are you planning on yeah. write, on writing a lot of these songs or collaborating in these musicians to like are you writing music the the melodies <laughs> yourself for these instruments or how's that gonna look like? Yeah. So um what I'm doing is like I'll feature a musician. For example, a track that Gabriel Marin will be on is it's a tribute to one of my drum inspirations, Tony Williams. He has a song called Fred. And on this song, I'm going to be playing the drums on it. And 
I, I, I recorded some keys over it, some ambiance. And then I'm telling him, I want you maybe to strum a chord here, but I want him to do his own thing. It's a feature of him. So I want him to just shred his solo like he always does. Go into it very nicely and then get to like a screaming, screaming uh, peak. And then we close out the song and like, and then there's other songs where it's like, I have a really advanced bass line I wrote. And then I'll hit up my boy, Luis, Luis Carrion. And I'm like, dude, I know you can, I know you can hit this shit real nice. Mm. I want to see you do the bass line that I wrote and then solo over it, you know? And this is what it's going to be like for my featured guests on the songs. Like I write my, I write the melody and chorus and the main thing, but you get a solo where you get to just express yourself completely. You know, that's how I want the feature to be. Absolutely. You give them the guidelines and then obviously they take their expertise and their passion and blow it up, make it something a little different in that guidelines. I, I love it, man. Um, couple closing questions um i like to always shout out the fact that i don't even know at the core who listens to this podcast there's people of all kinds there's parents there's children there's fellow musicians there's people that support rochester and music and are different people of the community and i i like to shout out people that aren't professional musicians yet or maybe they're just starting with their craft. Um, maybe they're just starting to gig out. They haven't, you know, played as many live shows and they're learning and they're grinding and learning and learning. And uh, I'm wondering for a young musician, whether it's a child or just someone who's just getting started with music, do you have any like straight advice for them that that'll keep them on that path? towards mastery anything that you wish you had told yourself when you were young or any advice for a young musician just kind of getting started yeah for sure good amazing question i've never really thought about this in depth before but just just improvising off the question right now i'd say if i were to give myself when i was younger some advice it's okay to have a small ego because you got to compete against yourself to get better you want you have to have a small ego in order to feed that flame to get you to get better. You're like, I want to get better. If you don't have an ego at all, you're not going to care about your progression because you're egoless. So small ego is fine. You can work like an athlete. That's cool. You can work like, I recommend that actually. That scratch out maybe a five-hour slot of the day, every day. If you can, any less is fine. But really schedule out your practice. Work like an athlete who's training because that's how you're going to accomplish the most stuff. When you feel uninspired, don't just resort to watching videos of cool musicians doing crazy stuff. Go listen to um, an inspirational video. I don't know. Um, Mike Tyson is one too. It's like listen to listen to a winner. Listen to a winner really speak about it, and it's gonna it's gonna fuel your flame. It's gonna ignite the fire. If you if you're lacking inspiration, you're like I don't want to practice for like two hours a day. Well, just watch just watch a motivational video. Maybe it's I love Kobe Bryant, dude. His work ethic is insane. I just finished a Michael Jordan documentary. Whenever you feel like your flame is burning out, the key to staying up there at the high peak and not going like this, like everybody, when you feel it coming down, watch some, watch a winner. Maybe Floyd Mayweather, Kobe Bryant. They're gonna tell you, they're gonna tell you stories. They're gonna tell you. They're gonna explain their mindset. And you're gonna, it's not. None of it is not gonna make sense. It's gonna bring you right back up to where you need to be. The the goal is to keep to stay up and keep operating on that high level. You don't want to dip down. If you dip down, it's fine but make sure you get right back on it. You need to make sure that you stay up here at the top peak performance for as long as you can. And 
stay inspired, really stay inspired. That's why, I, that's all I try to do now. Dude, if I, if I show a kid the drums and he drums for the rest of his life, I, I know how that feels. And like, I look up to Dimitri off of that. Um, I want to do that. I want to inspire a, a kid to take on drums and do it for his whole life. It's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing. So stay inspired, stay performing high, keep practicing, practice, practice, practice. It's serious, man. It's serious. Um, I think that's it. That's my only advice to my younger self and to any kid coming up now. Don't, don't, when you see something you can't do, don't get jealous. Don't be a hater. Haters, haters do motivate you. They'll make you do some stuff that you didn't think you could do. I appreciate that. But if you said, if you see something you can't do, I'm talking to the kids, see something you can't do, be inspired by it. Learn it, transcribe it, learn how we got there. Don't judge it and dismiss it and hate because that doesn't result to growth for you. It makes you look, makes you look small, man. Always be trying to grow. If you're a musician, see something that inspires you, don't hate. Absorb it, grow. Get better. Get better. We get better together. We get better as a family. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Dude, I, I'm humble, man. Great stuff, you know. You don't want to look small. You don't want to make anyone else feel small. You want to grow yourself. You want to continue progressing and, and growing that craft. I, I appreciate the words, man. Uh, let's say it again. How do people keep in touch with you? What's the, what are the best spots to follow you? We'll go, we'll stick with the three platforms. We'll go Facebook, add me as a friend if you want, at Marco Cidigliano. Uh, everything is at Marco Cidigliano, Marco Cidigliano. Instagram, same thing. The Italian drummer for YouTube. This is where you can find me. Instagram is where I stay consistent posting exclusive content. And then I'll branch out some videos to YouTube and Facebook that need to go there. Um, that's where you can find me. And I just want to say to you, bro, um, I commend you and thank you. And, I, and I'm inspired by you too because I've seen this podcast grow like a little flower, bro. And it's blooming, man. And I told all my followers to come in here and listen to this interview. Maybe they can get inspired or they're curious about me. And if you're in here right now listening to this podcast, give Rochester Group Death Podcast a follow and a like. This is Ben Albert, and he is a phenomenal man. He's interviewing local talent, and he's, he's spreading the word. And maybe you'll find somebody who you haven't heard of before that you wouldn't have heard of if you didn't know about this podcast. So give him a follow. Bro, you're doing – you're killing shit. Keep doing this. I, I, I appreciate that a lot, brother. And my Instagram, it's – completely all me and some rochester groovecast stuff it's um shit is there an albert <laughs> pretty sure it's ben roc groove or ben albert roc groove rochester groovecast.com rochester groovecast on facebook ben albert or search rochester groovecast on youtube we're going to be posting like snippets of this podcast on all those platforms. So you can kind of get a little taste of some of these bite sized words of wisdom and, you know, humble, great things that Marco said, but keep in touch with obviously Rochester Groovecast, but all your local musicians, all your local creatives, um, things have changed a lot in the past five, six months. It's hard to even fathom how long it's been. And the best thing you can do is to continue to support the people that you love and to support the people that are creating music and art and things in the community. Cause you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, 
U-turn and say, screw this, you know, this is a sad moment where there, there, there's protests and, and I'm depressed and I don't know what to say and I don't want to get sick and I want my family. It's easy to turn the corner, but it sounds like, you know, you're going forward. You're continuing the, the journey and the progress. And the best thing for people to do is to help you, you know, ultimately push you up and push you forward and continue that. So support Marco, um, a coup sideways pickle mafia, everything you can find it all on his pages. There's one question I ask everybody, Marco, and very simply I stole the question and I love it. I didn't come up with it, but I love it. And I like to hear the feedback from everyone. Very simply, because I believe everyone has different experiences in life and everyone has a voice that can teach you something you don't already know. And and that's why I asked the question, if you controlled a billboard, so imagine you can control a billboard, whether it's words, memes, short video, it can't be a long video because people crash the car. You've got a uh, you got a <laughs> you got a billboard on the side of the road, and millions of people are going to see it. You know, young, old, black, white, all you know, all kinds of people, all race of people, all gender of people, and it's obvious you don't want to have the F word. You don't want to swear. You don't want, you want to speak out to as many people as possible and you want to do good. You want to do better. You want to inspire people, whether it's a quote that you've heard something you've wrote or just a word of wisdom that you've kind of brought in. What would you put on that billboard? You know, Assume you got all the funding in the world. We're in Times Square. You don't have to pay a million dollars a month to have that billboard there. Your words can go on that billboard. What would you say, man, and why would you say it? Okay, that's a killing question, too. But I have two answers for that. Let's see. Um, Like, there's a corny one, which is not corny, but I know that probably everybody else who you asked said something along these lines, and that's Mm. spread love. You know, spread love, like, especially during these times, there's so much hate going on. Um, The hate gets nowhere. The hate literally is so counterproductive. And it makes the hater look like a bum. So spread love. If we all love each other, all of us are going to flourish and grow. I promise, dude. I promise. It's proved time and time again. I, I make sure all of my homies stay inspired and I spread love to all of them. We're all growing together. We're all going to be at the top. That's it. Period. But my personal one that I would put is if you want it, go out and get it. It's already yours. That's what it would be. It'd be three lines. It'd be if you want it, go out and get it. It's already yours. Everything that you want is already yours. All you have to do is work towards it and find it. You know, it's already there. The money that you want, it's already there in the world. All you got to do is work towards a specific skill or build this certain following in which you can maneuver your way to the money and then it starts flowing to you if you want a car envision it work towards it find out what you have to do everything that you want is in this world already all you have to do is find a way to go out and get it so if you want it work for it it's already yours go and get it that's it appreciate it brother love it 
We out. <laughs> Listen, man, we out, and and we'll see what happens. We'll talk offline, but shit, I want a part two. Maybe we should start our own podcast. I want to talk a little more about this stuff because um, I think you're coming from a great place and a lot of a lot of gratitude for your humbleness, your confidence, and uh, practical advice and you know love to to everybody listening. Thank you, bro. That means a lot. Thank you, Marco Serigliano, the Italian drummer. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Check them out. Com- continue supporting Rochester. Uh, we film these live. We film them and record them. I master it, reproduce it, send it out as a, a better quality file. But you're watching live. We do it every Monday, Wednesday, 830. I'm happy to have Marco here. Any last words, man? You've said it all, man. You, you've you've crushed it. I appreciate you have, uh, having you here, man. Thank you, bro. No, just thank you for the platform, man. I'm 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 grateful for this because there's a lot of cats in Rochester that don't know me yet. Even though I might be big, people might know me in Italy, Brazil, Portugal, Australia. But there's a lot of cats who don't know me here. So, with this podcast, like hopefully, you know, we can spread we can spread my name a little better and people can understand who I am and where I come from. And you know, I'm just very grateful for this because I essentially get to post my platform to the Rochester cats. So, thank you again, bro. No, I love it. And by supporting Marco, you get to hear more about the musicians he plays with. And, you know, every time I think about spreading and viruses and it's like a disease-oriented thing, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. We can spread spread this as a positive, a positive viral thing of love and music where you, you check out Marco, you check out his collabs. You check out the the people that he's playing with now and the plenty of people he's going to play with in the future and the great music they're playing. Uh, thank, thanks again, man, for coming on the podcast. This has been a hell of a time. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, dude. It's been a phenomenal conversation, bro. I'm glad we got to catch up, too. Absolutely, man. It's crazy with this virus, the coronavirus. Dude, what's cool about this, man, is it doesn't matter if this is a week Right now, a year, five years, this shit's going to go online and it's going to be there forever. You know, creation oh, yeah. stands the test of time. And I was joking about it the other day. If we, if we can put this in a time capsule so that aliens can listen to it, they might see that our, the, us humans weren't really that bad, you know? <laughs> I hope so, man. I, one, one can only hope, man. We're making history, bro. All this is going to stay on the internet and our great, great, great grandkids have the potential to watch this. So, Much love. Great, great, great grandkids. Thank you, Marco. <laughs> Much love to everybody watching, man. Thank you again, bro.